What up, son? It's the tail of the tapes. The fuck life. Saying. Yes, sir. Tale of the Tapes, season two, episode forty-three. So I'm still rocking with the windows open here. Got a glorious sunset going on in the background right in front of my face right now as I'm recording this. So that's pretty dope. My favorite time of the day for sure right now. Sunsets are my absolute favorite. But I got to admit, man, we, we need some snow. We've had a couple little, you know, half hour flurries that didn't really stick too much to the ground or anything like that. And, you know, I'm not saying it doesn't have to last for all that long, but... I need a good couple of weeks or maybe a month of some snow or something like that before we start heading back into spring for sure. On today's episode, we have Helta Skelta. So, I want to address something going forward real quick before I give you my opinions on this group and its members. When I do these opinion segments at the beginning of each show... I'm giving you my thoughts, opinions, and expectations on these artists as they were prior to me listening to their catalogs in this study. So I just wanted to be clear about that, that when I give my opinions on artists at the beginning of the show, it's not necessarily my current opinion of them, or in any way based on how they did or how they scored. I am just solely letting you guys know my history, if any, with the artist. And what my personal opinions on them and their music were prior to listening to them in this study. So with that being said, let me speak on Helta Skelta a bit. I only remember having one Helta Skelta album when I was younger. And I probably only went out and bought it because I liked the song I Ain't Having That. Which brings me to another point. I may have spoke about this on Nas's episode, but I'm not 100% sure. So I'll bring it up again here. When I was younger, I had a marble notebook. On each page, I basically drew like a calendar of a month. So one page was January, next page was February, next page was March, and so on. And every night before I went to bed, I would write down the name and artist of my favorite song for that day on its appropriate date. I Ain't Having That by Helta Skelta was one of my longest lasting favorite hip-hop songs at the time, Along with, I remember DMX, Get At Me Dog, and Nas, Nas Is Like. Those were probably three of the top songs. DMX Slippin' was in there for a while. Um, but I definitely remember those three being like the longest ones. I want to say I Ain't Having That was probably my favorite song for like between 50 and 75 consecutive days. Now, I didn't know either member's name. Didn't know who was who. I knew there was more than one dude rapping on the songs when I was younger, but I didn't know who was who. I didn't know their names or anything like that. I didn't have any other albums of theirs, you know, none of the solo works or anything. Um, couldn't even really remember any other of their songs going into this. I mean, when I played the album, you know, I heard some and I was like, oh, I remember this song and stuff like that. But before I got into the album, there weren't any songs other than I Ain't Having That that I could remember. So. Again, an interesting dynamic here where we have a very revered underground artist in Sean Price who I was listening to and liked but didn't really know and never followed. Nonetheless, like I said, they are the creators of one of my longest lasting favorite hip-hop songs ever. But other than that, 
I couldn't offer you much of an opinion on the group or either of its members. I do want to just add that while I did find out that Sean Price was one of the members in Helter Skelter, when I found out the other dude's name, I wasn't aware of who he was at all. I had never heard his name before or heard anything about him. So, for anyone unfamiliar with Helter Skelter and or its members, we're going to get into some info on them in just a sec, but I do want to address that all members of the group did make the cut and were both scored individually. So the group and all of its material will count as well as each individual member and all of their solo works. So we'll start off with a bit of information on the group as a whole, and then we'll go from there. So Helter Skelter had their debut album out in 1996, also known as Sparsky and Dutch. Origin, Brownsville, Brooklyn, New York, United States. Genres are listed as hip-hop, East Coast hip-hop, and hardcore hip-hop. The years active are listed as 1994 to 2000 and 2005 to 2015. And their past members are listed as Rock and Sean Price. So as we can see, the group is originated from Brooklyn consisting of members Rock and Sean Price. The reason they are listed as past members is because unfortunately Sean Price is no longer with us. So the group no longer exists. So now let's get into some background info on the group. And then we'll continue on with each of its members individually. Helter Skelter was an American hip-hop duo which consisted of rappers Jamal Rock Bush and Sean Rock Price. The two were also members of New York supergroup Boot Camp Click along with Buckshot, Smith & Wesson, and OGC. So we've covered most of those people already, so obviously these guys affiliated with them. Other than that, not too much info on the group as a whole, so we'll have to see if we can dig up some more stuff on each member individually. We'll start off with Sean Price since he was the first of the two to have solo work out being that Rock actually never put out any solo material just to work with the group. So Sean Price on the other hand had his debut solo album out in 2005. Birth name is Sean Duval Price also known as Ruck, Scagnetti, The Inflixta, Ruckus, Sean P, Deception Sean, Kimbo Price, Mike Tyson, Donkey Sean, Jesus Price, Sean the Barbarian, and Luga Lifter. Born March 17, 1972 in New York City, United States. Died August 8, 2015 in New York City, United States. Genres are listed as hip-hop, and his years active are listed as 1993 to 2015. So obviously quite a few aliases there for Sean P., and uh, before we go any further, man, obviously I want to send a rest in peace to Sean Price, who unfortunately is no longer with us. And now let's read up on a bit of background information about Sean Price individually. Sean Duval Price, March 17, 1972 to August 8, 2015, was an American rapper and member of the hip-hop collective Boot Camp Click. He was half of the duo Helter Skelter, performing under the name Ruckus, sometimes abbreviated as Ruck, along with partner Rock. So, no real additional information there on Sean Price, really, so let's get right into my breakdown of him. The odd thing here is that I used to listen to Helter Skelter and had at least one of their albums. They had one of my favorite hip-hop songs of all time for a long while. I also knew of Sean Price's name, which I had heard numerous times in high regard. Never once did I connect the dots and realize until more recently that Sean Price was one of the two members in Helter Skelter. Lyrically, Ruck was good. 
While he did use some run-on bars sometimes and repeat lines, it was heavily outweighed by dope bars. He was also great with multisyllabic rhymes and using a lot of different rhyme schemes. Sean P. consistently put out quality albums. Of his seven, one was a classic, one was a borderline classic, another four were great, and his lowest scoring album was still a good album at worst. Of his 105 songs he qualified, 13 were great, not a single one was weak, and possibly even more impressive was that another 58 were good. That means over 66% of his songs were good or better, which is remarkable. While I didn't notice many clear impacts on other artists, and neither him nor his group had the biggest commercial success, Sean Price is certainly a name that holds great weight for most of your hardcore hip-hop fans. Originality was yet another department where Ruck stayed super consistent. Not only was his voice, delivery, and rhyme style relatively unique, but he never sold out or deviated from his message. He unapologetically remained himself and stuck to the script no matter the cost. So sounds like a pretty solid breakdown of Sean Price there. Let's get into the math and see how it adds up for him. Lyrics he gets a 7. Like I spoke about, man, Sean Price was a dope lyricist, bro, flat out. And... When I went through Sean Price's whole catalog and I was listening to the early stuff with the group, this is not to say that Sean Price wasn't dope early because he was dope early, but he definitely grew later on and, and really, you know, took what he was already good at and got better at it. And I had never really heard any of that. So when people kept telling me, you know, Sean Price is super dope, this and that, and then I finally found out that Sean Price was one of the dudes in Helter Skelter. I was kind of like, oh, okay. I know that dude. I don't I don't remember that dude being anything special. Again, that's not to say that I didn't like him or that I thought he sucked. But I was just kind of taken back with why are so many people throwing this name Sean Price at me. And I've heard this dude. And I, I don't know. He didn't really sound that amazing to me. He was dope. He was very, very dope early on. But he continued to get better. And I never heard any of that continuation of the progression with Sean Price. So I had heard some dope Sean Price, but I hadn't heard the best of Sean Price. But, you know, a lot of dope lines from Sean Price. Um, he was really great with multi-syllabic rhymes and different rhyme schemes and things like that. So definitely a dope lyricist. He gets a 7 there, a solid score. Albums, he gets a 5.99 with one classic. Songs, he gets a plus 1.2. And that's a solid score. We talk about this all the time. If you're plus or minus over an entire decimal place like that, you know, Sean Price over plus over a full point here. 105 qualified songs. 13 of them were great. Not a single one was weak. So that's obviously pretty solid stuff there from Sean Price. So he gains over an entire point in the song department. Impact, he gets a five and a half. And, um, you know, the reason I feel like Sean Price is above average here for Impact is... You know, we've talked about when people pass away and their stock obviously naturally rising. You know, these are people that are creating art when they're gone. They can no longer create that art. So obviously, you know, the demand becomes more. The supply becomes less. No new material will be created from that point forward. So, you know, it's unfortunate that that's the way that things work. But, you know, your stock does rise when you pass away. So, you know, you have the uproar of what happened when when Sean Price passed away and, you know, Helter Skelter and Sean Price both had a, a pretty serious underground following. So it's not one of those things where people just hopped on a bandwagon when Sean Price passed away. 
they did have a really, really solid underground following. And I don't, I don't want that to be overlooked at all in this study. So listen, if you sell, you know, a hundred million records and you've won so many awards and you've had so many number one albums and so many number one hit singles and you've done this and you've done that. No, that's not going to make your skill level any better, but that's obviously going to be very good for your impact score. But I don't want it to just be automatic that because people don't sell a shit ton of records that the impact score goes really low. Because there are a lot of other things that you can do to lift your impact score. You can influence other artists. You can create subgenres. Um, you know, I, I don't want to go through every possible way that you could elevate your impact score. But there are more ways to do it than just selling records and things like that. So... I don't want the underground following of certain artists to be overlooked here. So a big underground following is not going to necessarily equate to the same impact score as all the other things that I just named because obviously one is harder to achieve than the other and one is more rare than the other, quite frankly. So, you know, one would score you more points, but I do think that Helta Skelter and Sean Price's underground following coupled with the fact that he's no longer with us and just, you know, things like that. It was able to put him above average. It was nothing too crazy. There really wasn't anything else there to give him or the group credit for in that department. But I thought just enough to get an above average score there, a five and a half for impact. And originality, he gets an eight and a half, which is obviously a really solid score. Um, You know, Sean Price got more original as time went on. He seemed to me to be one of those people that, you know, he came out being himself and as he grew and as he learned more and more things and he was able to carve out his lane and, and the direction he wanted to go and things like that, he just opened up, man, and just became more and more and more himself, you know, with his delivery of his rhymes to his voice, to the way that he pronounced his words, to even some of the outlandish things that he said, I mean, he wasn't as out there as Big L was with, you know, pistol whipping nuns and gun button Jesus, whatever the hell, you know, Big L was saying. I mean, Big L had 10 or 15 lines like that in that song breakdown that we did where he was just saying, you know, absolutely absurd shit. But Sean Price did have some lines like that where, you know, you would hear Sean Price say certain shit and you, you would say like, yo, who, nobody else would say that except Sean Price. You know what I mean? I remember particularly Sean Price having some, some line, uh, something, I shoot a fab one with a midget. I shoot an egg gun at a pigeon. So, you know, it was just shit like that. He would say like, nobody else is going to say that except Sean Price. So there was just a lot of shit like that from Sean Price. It wasn't necessarily that you know, all of his songs were of some ridiculous song topic or that his image was overly ridiculous or original or anything like that. But Sean Price was just himself, man. You know, Sean Price just always brought himself and he never deviated from that. He never sold out. He never switched directions, never changed lanes, never, you know, none of that shit. So I think Sean Price deserves credit for that eight and a half there for originality. Now, you add all those six numbers up. Remember, it's not five. You're adding the lyrics, the albums, the songs, the impact, the originality, and the classics. So you're adding those six numbers up, and you're dividing by five, and that's giving you a final rating of 5.84, which puts Sean Price in 23rd place of 184 artists done overall. So a strong finish there for Sean Price, and this is definitely another guy that went over my head. I can't lie, I, I didn't hear too much of his material prior to this study, 
But like I said, I had at least one of their albums, so I heard enough that I should have at least noticed that this guy was dope. You know, it was constantly pointed out to me too, and I just never really went and pursued it, but Sean Price was very, very impressive. So rest in peace and major shout-outs to Sean Price for sure. And now on to the other member of the group, Rock, who never had any solo material and has very little info on him individually, so bear with me here. His birth name is Jamal Bush, genres are listed as hip-hop, and years active are listed as 1993 to present. So, like I said, not much there on Rock, and even that presently active status is questionable because Rock has zero solo material, and Sean Price passed away in 2015, so there hasn't been a group since. I don't know whether Rock will or won't put any of his own work out, but it doesn't appear that he would. Um, I couldn't find any additional background information at all on Rock, so let's read what I wrote down on him when I was listening to him. To be quite blunt, I'm pretty shocked that not only did I listen to a fair amount of Helter Skelter growing up and not realize Ruck was Sean Price, but I never realized just how good both of them really were. Lyrically, Rock was well above average. Most of that was due to technicalities like syllables and rhyme schemes, etc. He certainly did have a fair amount of dope lines, but he did reach with some as well. Rock may have only qualified the three albums with the group, but two of them were classics with the remaining album being a good one. Of his 42 songs, not a single one was weak, 8 were great, and another 21 were good. Similar to Sean P, over 50% of his songs were good or better, which is an impressive stat. Helter Skelter was not the most popular or commercially successful group in hip-hop by any means, and Rock was the lesser known of the two group members. That coupled with the fact that he had no clear influences on other artists and failed to register any solo projects obviously leaves him with a subpar impact score. What he lacked in impact, he made up for in originality. From his voice and delivery, to his rhyme style and overall sound of the group as a whole, Rock was a very unique MC. So again, sounds like a pretty solid breakdown for our other group member in Hell to Skelter here, so let's get on to the math and see how it worked out for him. Lyrics, he gets a six and a half, which is just under Sean Price, and there were kind of like two reasons here for this separation when it came to these two. First of all, and I'm, I'm not saying this to be a dick, and obviously it's a very small margin here, but quite frankly, Sean Price was just the better lyricist. He was. Sean Price was better than Rock when it came to just lyrics and stuff like that. Now, that being said, again, there wasn't much separation, and Rock definitely was dope, a well above average lyricist for sure. But we also do have to keep in mind that Sean Price did have four solo albums. So that did give Sean Price room for a couple of other things. It gave Sean Price a couple of other chances to pile on some points for classic albums. And it gave Sean Price a chance to go ahead lyrically, which he did. Um, you know, it gave him another chance for originality with song topics and things like that. So... I'm not trying to say, you know, that Sean Price was wrongfully afforded opportunities that Rock wasn't because Rock obviously could have turned around and put out any amount of solo material that he wanted as well. I mean, Sean Price has been gone for six years now, and I don't know of Rock having any solo material even after that anyway. So it's not that I'm trying to say that Sean Price had an unfair advantage or anything like that because they both were afforded the same opportunities, but Sean Price just put out more material, took advantage of it, and it was able to get to a higher score lyrically. But still really dope stuff here from Rock. And like I said, 
that was mostly due to his technicalities. A lot of syllables rhymed, a lot of rhyme schemes used and things like that. Now, that's not to say that Rock didn't have dope lines. He definitely had dope lines, and he had more dope lines than he had reaches, but he did have some lines where they were questionable, and you're like, ah, I don't know about that one. So, a little bit of both there for Rock when it came to the dope bars, but the good outweighed the bad, and his technicalities were solid for sure. Albums, he gets a 6.16 with two classics. So, that's a slightly better album score than Sean Price, which I think is pretty interesting because three group albums that they were both on. So you have those scores, and then Sean Price just goes off on his own and makes his own albums, which obviously those album scores didn't quite add up to the same album scores that the group got. So it seems that they were quote-unquote better technically as a group than they were apart. Obviously not a major difference there. You're talking about a 0.17 of a difference, so a very slight difference, but a little bit higher of an album score there for Rock, and we see kind of a, a reverse effect here where we were just talking about how Sean Price got a 7 as opposed to Rock 6.5 lyrically, and we spoke about how, you know, Sean Price had the four solo albums and he was, you know, and he gave himself a little bit more of a chance to climb up lyrically. Well, it seems that Rock essentially benefited from not making any solo albums. Now, that's not to say that his scores as a solo artist wouldn't have been as good as the group's. I don't know if they would or they wouldn't. That's all speculation. But the fact that he just let the three group albums rock out and he got two classics out of it, it might have been better off that he stayed that way. So he gets the little bit higher of an album score, and he gets the one extra classic point, which we will talk about in a second. I will address that, but I don't want to get too into that right now. Let's get through the scores, see where he finishes, and then I'll address everything. Songs, he gets a plus 1.9. So again, that's a really solid score. He almost gets plus a full two points. So Sean Price gets the 1.2. We spoke about he had 13 great songs out of 105. Rock only had 42 songs, which is a little bit less than half. And he had eight great songs. So basically what we're seeing is that there were eight great Helta Skelta songs throughout the first three group albums. So that's about two or three great songs per album. And then when Sean Price branched off, he was able to add five more great songs to that list over the course of four albums. So that started to go down a little bit, and Sean Price basically averaged one great song on every one of his solo works. So obviously that's going to add up to a higher percentage for rock, because even though it's a lesser number of great songs, it's, it's a lesser number of total songs, and the percentage of great songs is higher for rock. So he gets plus almost a full two points. Impact, he gets a four and a half, which is a full point behind Sean Price. And I'm basically going to tell you the exact same reasons that I told you that Sean Price got the five and a half. So, you know, as a group, probably right around a four and a half, five as a group, you know, around average with the impact. I thought that Sean Price and the group's underground following, coupled with the fact that his life was obviously cut short and that raised his stock was kind of able to just bring him above average for the impact score. Rock, pretty much exactly the opposite, okay? The the lesser known member of the group, no solo material, um, can really only go off of what the group had as an impact score, but then loses a little bit. 
right? So if the group is in the middle and Sean Price gains a little bit, it's the same but opposite for Rock. He loses a little bit off of the group because the lesser known member of the two, no solo material, yada, yada. So you can see where I'm going with that. He gets a four and a half just under average as opposed to Sean Price who got the five and a half just above average. And originality, Rock gets an eight and a half. Same score there as Sean Price and pretty much for the same reasons. I mean, the group in general was, was original with their overall sound and things like that. Both Sean Price and Rock were very original with their voice and their delivery and their rhyme style and things like that. So I didn't really think there was any room for separation there with the two. I thought they were both very original artists. So solid scores of eight and a half there for both of them. And again, we're not trying to pin these artists against each other, but these are two members of the same group that are being covered in the same episode here today. And I just like to point out you know, how and why each guy is getting what he's getting. And, you know, obviously, unless they tie, one guy is going to finish above the other guy. So I think it's important to point out why and how that guy got where he did and why the other guy is where he's at. So you add all those six numbers up because, again, you have the two classics. So you add the six numbers up and you divide by five. And that gives you a final rating of 5.91, which puts Rock in 19th place of 184 artists done overall. So even though I still slept on Sean Price, at least I was warned about him. I certainly did not expect Rock to finish even higher. Now, I do want to just speak on some things really quick because even though technically Rock did finish higher, I think some things need to be addressed before I get reamed. First of all, Sean Price's lyrical score is higher. I just want to be clear on that because I know some people are going to say, Rock is better than Sean P? Are you insane? But be careful with that word better because I'm going to have to ask what you mean by better. Lyrically? No, not better lyrically. The album and song score for Rock were slightly higher than Sean Price's, which in itself is a little tainted. For example, if the group songs or albums score better on average than Sean Price's solo work, Rock's song and album scores will be better because he doesn't have any of his own solo material. So it's a slippery slope here where one dude's album scores are what they are, partly because of the other member in the group who technically was better lyrically, but since he stayed away from any solo work, those scores held up for him. He also gets one extra point for a second classic, whereas Sean Price's was scored as a borderline classic because of a one solo song difference by Rock. So there was one song on that album that was just Rock without Sean Price, and I believe off the top of my head it was a great song, and that was what carried Rock to get that classic album score, and Sean Price to get the borderline classic. But I talk all the time about how these borderline classics are called a borderline classic for a reason. There's a reason I'm not just calling it a great album. Calling it a borderline classic because it was so close to getting that classic album score that I wouldn't argue with anybody that wanted to give it to him. So if you gave that classic album to Sean Price, they would probably be just about even. Sean Price might be a couple of spaces ahead of him. So again, I'm not trying to shit on Rock or say he doesn't deserve to be where he is. I'm just pointing out that these numbers are a tiny bit tainted from what they seem at a first glance, but both tremendous artists, who in my opinion were relatively equal overall, just on this day the math worked out this way for Rock and Ruck, 
Only a couple of slots separating them, and I wouldn't argue at all with anybody who wanted to swap them. Like I said, that one point for the classic album where we're talking about the one song and this and that, just things like that. You know, it comes down to a separation like this where one guy finishes a couple of slots ahead of the other guy. And I've said it from the podcast intro on day one. I have no issue with somebody swapping people a couple of slots or, you know, I got this guy in 11th, you put him in 6th or whatever the hell the case is like that. Don't tell me a guy I have in 193rd is is 3rd or whatever like that. If he's your 3rd favorite, totally fine. But he's not the 3rd best if he scored 193 in here, I promise you. So, now let's get into our list, starting with our top 10% overall list, and we definitely have some changes to this list today. So, in our top spot, we have Big L, who's in 5th place of 184 artists done overall. Directly behind him in 6th is Nas, and directly behind Nas is AZ, who's in 7th. Directly behind him in 8th is Method Man, and a couple of slots back from Meth is Black Thought of the Roots, who's in 10th. Directly behind him in a three-way tie for 11th is Tupac and Biggie. And behind them, we have Pharaoh Monch, who's tied for 15th. Behind Pharaoh in 18th is KRS-One. And directly behind him is Rock, who's in 19th. Behind him in 22nd is Jizza. And directly behind Jizza is Sean Price, who's in 23rd. Directly behind Sean P in 24th is Slick Rick. And a couple of slots back from him is Rakim, who's in 26th. And in our final spot, we have Redman, who's in 27th place of 184 artists done overall. So both members of Helter Skelter are able to crack this top 10% overall list today. And I gotta say, I'm somewhat surprised by this. This one caught me a bit off guard to a certain extent, but very impressive stuff from both of these guys. They surely deserve to be up here, no question. Also, not only did we have two additions to our list today... But that obviously means that everyone slides down two spots, and that knocks Common and Lil Wayne out of our current top 10% overall, which is crazy. Common has been in there for quite some time, and Lil Wayne has bounced in and out of this list more than once since appearing on here for the first time just a couple of short weeks ago. Obviously, scores are always subject to change, and this list does grow a bit as we continue to cover more artists, so... Very possible that either or both of these guys finds their way back into this list. But for now, Common and Wayne are ousted from our top 10% overall. So, shout outs to them for being in there for the first place. Now on to our current top 10% lyrically so far. And again, we have additions. In a four-way tie for your top spot, we have Pharaoh Monch, Black Thought of the Roots, Nas, and AZ, who all got lyrical scores of 8.5. Behind them, we have Method Man, who got a lyrical score of 8. In a four-way tie behind Meth, we have Master Ace, Jizza, Common, and Big L, who all got lyrical scores of 7.5. In a three-way tie behind them is now KRS, Lord Finesse, and Sean Price, all with lyrical scores of 7. And then in a 12-way tie for 13th place, we have Will Smith, Rakim, Cool G Rap, Everlast, Tupac, Redman, Sticky Fingers of Onyx, Lazy Bone of Bone Thugs and Harmony, Biggie, Tame One, Lil Wayne, and Rock. So, again, both Helter Skelter members able to crack this list, and it's interesting to see how certain guys were better in certain areas and who bests who in each particular list. So now let's get into our particular decades list, starting with the 1980s. 
Your top five rappers of the 80s are number one, KRS-One, two, Slick Rick, three, Rakim, four, Rev Run of Run DMC, and five, LL Cool J. So shout outs to the 80s OGs for sure. Now on to our top five artists to make their debut in the 90s so far. In our top spot, Big L, two, Nas, three, AZ, four, Method Man, and five, Black Thought of the Roots. So even though both of these artists were able to crack the top 10% overall and the top 10% lyrically so far, neither man able to crack this top five rappers of the 90s so far, and that makes three weeks and counting now. It's crazy how often people crack more than one list but can't seem to crack this one. And now let's get into our list that we started this session of our top three artists from each region of the country. We'll start with our East Coast. Your top three artists to come out of the East Coast thus far are Big L from Harlem, New York, Nas from Queens, New York, and AZ from Brooklyn, New York. Moving across to our West Coast, number one, Tupac from Marin County, California, number two, Ice Cube of NWA from Los Angeles, California, and number three, Everlast, also from Los Angeles, California. Moving down south, your top three artists to come out of the south thus far are Lil Wayne from New Orleans, Louisiana, number two, Andre 3000 of Outkast from Atlanta, Georgia, and number three, Big Boy, also of Outkast and also from Atlanta, Georgia. Moving over to our Midwest, your top three artists to come out of the Midwest thus far are Common from Chicago, Illinois, Crazy Bone of Bone Thugs and Harmony from Cleveland, Ohio, and Lazy Bone, also of Bone Thugs and Harmony, and also from Cleveland, Ohio. So again here, neither guy able to crack the regional list, and I think that this East Coast list is starting to become a majorly difficult one to crack, as all three of these guys are some of the top finishes overall so far here, so we'll have to pay attention to that one each week going forward. If you'd like to see any or all of the lists in full, you can give the Facebook website a visit at www.facebook.com slash tale of the tapes podcast. If you're interested in just checking out any of the lists, they're all up there. If you'd like to follow the page in the podcast, you can give the page a like. You can also give the host website a visit at www.anchor.fm slash tale of the tapes podcast. On the host website, you will see a support button. I tell you guys this every week but no one ever clicks it. It's a very tragic day for Formsy, so please do your boy a favor. And that's it for today. Next week, we will be covering Jay-Z and Proof of D12. And I mean this in more ways than one. When I tell you we have some amazing and surprising stuff coming next week, I would really suggest not missing this one. Tale of the Tapes. Peace. Tale of the Tapes. Might as well. Better off.